Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. It's Thursday, 22 December. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you loud and recorded from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, Chantal Marks from FNB, how she filters shares to find a list of quality stocks worth investigating. Best, no fancy software required. Mia Kruger, Kruger International on retail stocks in 2022. Is food all just still about ShopRite? What about clothing? What about the Discam clicks debate? The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. I'm chatting with Chantal Marks, uh, Head of Research at F&B Wealth and Investments. Chantal, appreciate the time today. You did a JC Power Hour event, I think it was back in October. I've been to literally every one of them uh, over the last decade, and this was absolutely one of the best. You were talking how to scan for JC stocks. The first key point, perhaps, is that you're using investing.com, a free website, rather than a $2,000 a month Bloomberg terminal. Yes. So, I mean, specifically to the retail investor, I mean, and that is that is really who the JSC Fire Hour is aimed at and and also most of our audience. Um, having a very fancy Bloomberg screener is great, but it's not practical <laughs> from a financial point of view. And if we are talking about saving and investing, you definitely, as a retail investor, don't want to spend $20,000 a month. Well, it's, at least it's not a month, but a lot of money on expensive screening tools. When you can get something that's pretty good, mm. uh, absolutely for free. Yep, and, and I mean, I've been playing around with it. I mean, I've been using investing.com for ages. I'd never gone to the screening tool, and when I play with it, it was absolutely epic. So, so onto the screen. I mean, the, the process is you're trying to find some stocks that are potential attractive investments, but you use the screening process to sort of limit down the JC universe of what three, four hundred shares. What are you putting on the the the, the list to screen? So, I mean, it, it really is a personal thing, right? Mm. But, but I, I think that it's very important when you are investing to, to have something that's pretty liquid. So I usually put a market cap screener on. I limit the market cap to, to 5 billion. But of course, if you are going to, if you're looking specifically for small caps or, um, mm-hmm. or smaller mid caps, then you would want to change that market cap dynamic. Um, I prefer liquidity, so I usually screen for market cap over 5 billion. Then I I can't help but be a little bit value centric. So I don't want a stock that has done too well. Even though I know momentum works very well um, in market, I don't want a stock that has completely shut the lights out. So I look for I look for stocks uh, that over the last year have returned less than the market. Mm-hmm. Um, then dividend yield is a very strong predictor of of future returns. So if a company has a high dividend yield, um, it tends to um, it tends to outperform in periods ahead. Mm-hmm. This is not always true. It's very important to note that there are value traps out there. So a very big dividend yield um, could be a warning sign. But just just kind of uh, use your brain around that. Um, then I have one technical indicator there, the, the RSI. So um, that's the relative strength indicator, and it's it's pretty easy to to use. Um, it runs from a number of between a zero and 100 anything that has an rsi below 30 is oversold on technical terms everything above 70 is um is is 
is overbought mm-hmm. on technical terms. So I usually um, put a fifty on there. I'm I'm not I'm not totally averse to. Uh, investing in a share that has a, an RSI between 30 and 50 because I think momentum is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I use beta. I don't want a stock that moves too little relative to the market. And I don't want a stock that moves too much and too violently relative to the market. So I usually um, narrow that to between 0.5 and 1.5. And I see what you're doing here. I mean, you, you mentioned right up front there where, where this has kind of got a bit of a value bias to it rather than a momentum bias. And, and I take your point. You don't want the stock that's already doubled. Yeah, it can double again. But you're sort of trying to catch a little bit earlier. And that's where your RSI comes in. That's where your, your, your one-year change comes in. So you can sort of get on the bus. You're never going to get it right at the bottom, but sort of closer yeah. to the bottom. Yeah, and I mean, you would want to get into these stocks before the momentum runs away with with it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think if you can get into stocks that already have a little bit of something behind it and and screen well for value, um, you could get onto that momentum train and, and kind of hold on to it as momentum takes its course. Momentum is the strongest um, the, the strongest force on the JSE. Um, I mean, I, I literally did my, my master's thesis <laughs> on momentum and how strong it is. Um, but but you would want to try and get into a little bit earlier, and I mean it's very it's very personal, right? So from my perspective, I I want to I, I feel uncomfortable getting into a stock that's already doubled, um, and and that's just a personal thing, right? It doesn't it's not necessarily the right way to do it, um, but you also have to have comfort in the choices that you make. Um, because otherwise you're just going to be unsettled as you hold the, the stock. Yeah, I, I 100% take your point in that. I, one of my best stocks was actually had doubled. I watched it double. Capitec went from 20, 20 to 40, um, which tells everyone just how spectacular it was. But I like your point. You're kind of catching the momentum very, very early. So now you've run your screener. Now the hard work stops, starts, of course, because it's, it's going to throw out a bunch of stocks, whatever the number might be. Maybe it's a dozen, maybe it's a couple of dozen. At times, it might even be a whole lot more. And then you start to to filter down. The one trick you said, if you're seeing, for example, a lot of banks in the space, well, don't go buy the banks. Just go buy the, the, the relative ETF. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we when we did this the first time, I actually had most of the big financial stocks in the financial fifteen index mm. um screen quite quite cheaply. And then it is it's it's much more cost effective uh, and much simpler to to just buy the, the ETF if the entire sector is screening quite well. Um similar if you have a whole lot of property stocks that, mm-hmm. that, that get spit out. Um it gets it gets quite interesting when you have a sector where you only get a couple of names or um, or, or maybe a handful of stocks that screen well, and and then you can really start digging into it. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I like a process of elimination, right? So if I get ten stocks and some of them just stand out as as dodgy or something that I just don't like at the moment, I just eliminate it immediately. I don't have to flog a dead horse. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking to to completely change my mind on on every single stock. There's a whole universe out there, um, and I mean a, a good example of of something like that is if you for example um have all the retailers screening well Mm. but you have really had a bad experience recently at pick and pay um but it screens well oh you know what move on um (laughs) there there may be a reason why you're having a bad experience some other people could also be having a bad experience rather than look in depth at at spa or or shop right spa probably being the wrong (laughs) <laughs> the wrong example, the wrong example. But, 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 I, but, but I take your point and, and, and one theme that I mean you, you've just said this a couple of times now in, in a sense 
investing is personal. I mean, it absolutely is. You know, you're using market cap, one-year change dividend yield, RSI, beta. Someone else could use something else. They might not want that one. They might want to bring that one in. Maybe they prefer momentum. A stock pops up and you're like, you know, there's shares out there which I've owned and lost money on and I'm just like not going back. You know, is that a good idea? I don't know, but it makes me comfortable. And that is so much what investing is. Yes, I mean, you have to have that sense of comfort in order for you to just leave it alone. Um, because that's really what, what successful investing is, is all about. Don't tamper too much with your portfolio. Don't trade too much mm-hmm. because it's just going to, to, to cost you return. Um, and, and you, you could have a lot of regret by, um, by trading too often and, and trading something a lot earlier than you, you should have, either, either buying it or selling it or whatever. Um, you, you need to, find comfort in what you're investing in and you need to be able to leave it alone. Um, because I think ultimately if some, if something in the back of your mind says, Oh no, I actually cannot um, invest in this stock. I've lost, I lost so mm. much money on it. Um, even if Steinoff screams, well, I mean, I wouldn't, so <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't ever. So it's, it's, as you said, I mean, and as I said, it's, it's so personal and, um, that, that comfort is really important. Yeah, sleeping well at night. I always say to folks, there's no point in being rich if you're too stressed to spend it. We need to sleep well at night. Chantal Marks, and I'm going to get you back next year because, of course, the next part of the conversation is uh, how do we know when to sell, which is the part I find really, really hard. But we'll leave that there for now. Chantal Marks, Head of Research at F&B Wealth and Investments. Chantal, appreciate the time uh, today and uh, over the course of the year. All the best. Thank you. You too. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Stanler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting with uh, Mia Kruger from Kruger International. Uh, Mia, appreciate the time as always. Retail stocks, you and I have, have talked a bunch about retail stocks over the course of the year. Certainly if we divide it into food and clothing, and let's touch on, on food up front. My, my preference has always been ShopRite. Right? I know we have talked truthfully a little gushingly around it. I just pulled up the charts. I mean, Pick and Pay has actually done better in 2022 than ShopRite. Not by a lot, 26 versus 21%. I mean, is it that's something which is of, of interest, but truthfully, we're in it for the long game and it's about the core quality of the business. Morning, Simon. I absolutely agree with what you uh, what you just said, is that uh, ShopRite has been a standout performer and a standout quality company that has managed to get it right in a very tricky, tricky market like South Africa that faces many headwinds that we're all too well aware of. Uh, I think if we look at what Pick and Pay has done recently, they've really worked on how they their business models uh, um, and structure works and how they roll that out to the market. And they are now targeting different areas of the market. They've upscaled many of their stores and they're trying also to steal some of uh, Woolies Lunch, which mm. ShopRite has actually been doing quite, uh, quite effectively in recent years. So the market is set to become even more competitive, but a very, very tough market. I mean, just to put some numbers into perspective, if we consider what happened on Black Friday, it was, a, 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 it was quite um, a, 
interesting to see how the uh, the food retailers were the biggest winners yeah. of the buying on Black Friday, which just shows us uh, the big strain that uh, that uh, the consumer really is under. So giving us that idea that ShopRite and Pick and Pay were the biggest winners, they actually had sales rise by over 21% on the weekend of Black Friday. Shows you that people are now using these specials to really buy uh, food and things that they can't live without, which is quite concerning when you think about the landscape that we are entering in, where we're already with high interest rates. Uh, we've got... Um, fuel rates uh, that's still mm. very high and and putting a lot of pressure on on um, costs for these retailers and then of course the load shedding factor that's not going away anytime soon so all in all with high job a high joblessness rate in south africa it's still a very tough environment for any type of retailer to flourish uh, having said that, I'll definitely focus my attention on a quality retailer like ShopRite and even have a look at uh, Pick and Pay these days. I mean, that's just it. I mean, I, I, I've, I've held ShopRite for you know, maybe 20 years or since the early 2000s. Um, and at that point, I'd actually sold my Pick and Pays for ShopRite. Pick and Pays come back. I, I'm always reticent to hold two in the same sector. But truthfully, if they're both doing well, should I not say, well, Pick and Pay is the up-and-comer and, and ShopRite might be the incumbent? But if they're both doing perfectly well and, and, and making profits and giving me returns, a bit of both mightn't be the worst thing. That's true. But then having said that, you know, you mentioned that two in one sector, you could distribute yeah. that if you've got a dire need to hold something in the retail sector. Maybe it's time to, to see where there's other opportunities. But on the flip side, some of these retail companies have looked attractively priced for the last while. Not so much on the food side, I'd say more on the clothing side. Let's touch on clothing because uh, looking at the distribution of clothing returns, I mean, it, it, it's all over the place. We've got True is up 22%. The rest are all red, although Pepcor only slightly so. Again, these are one-year numbers, which for a, a long-term shareholders, less important. I, I like the clothing. I've, I've, I've had a lot of long, hard looks at Pepcor. I've never yet quite pulled the, 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 the trigger on it. I mean, who's, who's your preferred in, in, in this space? Yes, Simon, as you say, it's a tough one. To, to really uh, to really make a pick because there are so many headwinds and that always is a concern for me. And we've seen that some of the main retailers on the clothing side, uh, Ackermann's, Mr. Price, all coming to the market, so Pepco and mm-hmm. Mr. Price coming to the market saying that they actually sold less clothes this year than they've sold before. And now we see ShopRite, which is a, a very strong company, entering this market as well. So the market is very saturated in South Africa. On the flip side, something very interesting that appeared this year was the TFG story where they managed to show quite strong growth and they're trading at a valuation that isn't very demanding. They've got a, quite a good diversified set and they've done actually quite well in Australia, one of the few retailers mm. that had managed to do well outside of South Africa. Even their UK business picked up uh, slightly over the last while and showed a positive growth. So I think that their share price was downbeat quite a lot uh, compared to the rest and they've actually looked pretty interesting to me for some time i'm not convinced that i'm a retail uh, a retail shareholder just yet i just think that the environment that we operate in within south africa is tricky also the very strong growth trajectory that a company like tfg is on at this moment needs to be managed very well to be able to not overspend in areas that will hamper the growth going forward. 
I take your point on, on, on that. I mean, it, it is tough being a consumer out there. Inflation, interest rates. You mentioned petrol prices a moment ago as well. There's nothing easy about being a consumer. But I need to eat. And if we look at the shop rights and the pick and pays, if times are tough, I can shop to their cheaper brands. When times are good, I can move to their upper brands. Truthfully, with clothing, I can squeeze a couple more wares out of that jacket or that pair of pants or something. Yes, that's true. And I think in a, in a country like South Africa, where we already sit with a, a quite a good selection of retail stores selling uh, lower, uh, sort of lower priced mm. uh, uh, clothing, it is difficult for me to see how all of them are going to have their lunch and eat it. Uh, there, is, there is going to be market share taken away from the one. And it might not be as clear as one winner. It might be the one year, the one is a winner, and the one year, the other is a winner. And that, that makes this, uh, this sector for me so tough to invest in because there is no clear indication which one will come out top and which one is every single year the better, the better manager and the better grower and the better, um, the better provider, and choose our fashions because that's another big issue that we sit with in the in the clothing uh, retail space. So, for me, the Shoprite stands out as a very good quality company, a company that I wouldn't mind holding through through tough cycles. Yeah. And I think that they've shown us that they they have what it takes to to triumph in a in a difficult market like the South African market where they focused on the right ends of the market. Okay, I feel less silly when you say that because I've also just, I, 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 the, the clothing retailers always just, at the back of my mind, there's something worrying me, so I've never pulled the trigger on it. Um, food, we're always going to eat. A quick last question. Clicks, Discam, uh, a lot of dispute as to a, a, a lot of sort of, you know, which is better, perhaps neither. Do you have a preference uh, in either or or perhaps neither? Yes, I think you know this is an interesting one. Uh, this game has come up as a as quite a strong grower the last couple of years, but mm. Flex just showed us that they still remain the very big and good quality company that they've been. Uh, of course, once again, we've seen cyclical uh, implications with COVID and how COVID actually played into their business models in in some senses, but also hampered uh, specific areas of the consumer market on the other side. Still, for me, Clix is uh, is the, the better quality company of the two. Okay, we'll leave that there. That's Mia Kruger, Director, Kruger International. Mia, appreciate the time over the course of the year. Have a great year end. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live, recorded this week, every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website in the app, 6.30am, podcast, just after 7. Huge thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokli, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. In a tough year, there were some standout winners locally. Listen to the live stream of MoneyWeb Now at the same time every weekday. For more business, finance, and investment news, MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast.